This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. So you can use the promo code BLUECHIP, all one word, to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Kernishan, joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, for now, and the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, it's not a podcast until I ask you this one very important question. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, it's December. Last time we recorded was still in November, so uh, last month of the year uh, before we move on to 2022. So hopefully this nightmare of a damn pandemic ends soon. That'd be nice. Y'all ready for for year three? It sounds like we're under uh, a bad football coach reign right now. <laughs> um. Obviously, we don't have anywhere near as many games to break down. It is conference championship week, but before that, we're gonna. There was more college football news, but before that, Devin and I have some very exciting news to share. This podcast is now sponsored by our friends over at Jersey House. If you follow me on any of my social media handles, you know how much I love Jersey House. Um, they're run right here in Canada. They ship all over the world. So whether you're in Toronto like me, New Orleans like Devin, or if you're like our buddy Oliver Hodgkinson and you're out in the UK, they ship anywhere worldwide. They are the best jerseys you can get without having to spend $150. Because who wants to spend 150 bucks on a jersey? That's absurd. I remember when jerseys used to actually be affordable. Now they are again with our friends over at Jersey House. If you use the code BIGSHOTS, that's all one word, BIGSHOTS, you get 15% off your next purchase. I don't know. That sounds like a good idea to me. They start at 80 bucks Canadian or about 65 bucks US, 15% off of that. They ship in three to four weeks, and I can tell you guys, my Josh Allen jersey is from them. My John Morant jersey is from them. My Kyler Murray jersey is from them. I have more jerseys on the way from them, including a very special one I cannot wait to uh, to show to the public. Devin's got a jersey coming from them. We're very excited about this. This came through um, in the last couple of days, so very excited to share that. Um, I mean, Devin, y- you've got an you've got an LSU jersey coming your way from them. Yeah, um, it, it's it's exciting. They they have some really uh, cool options, so definitely would suggest people take a look at the website and, and make sure to use the code, and uh, you can get a, a great jersey for affordable price. So yeah, man. definitely check it out. NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, college, um, high school jerseys for some players, and what's even more awesome, if you don't see the player that you want available, you can always hit up Jersey House. They're more than willing to uh, make sure that they can get that on their site. It's how I was able to get the red Josh Allen jersey. Wasn't available. Hit them up. They They linked it. I've got it. Or if you want something special for someone for Christmas, why not get them a custom-made jersey? Jersey House does custom-made jerseys for just a little bit more than the regular jerseys. I tell you guys, it's so worth it. Now that that's out of the way, and I just realized I have to make a new ad plug for it, Devin, let's talk about these coaching hires. Because we were sitting here on Monday for Tuesday's podcast, and you were you were pretty down in the dumps about LSU, not really going to be able to get the coach that that you wanted. You you know thought you know after striking out with Dave Aranda, like C level coach, and then uh, fuck, what's his first name? <laughs> Brian oh, Kelly. Kelly. I was going to say Joe Kelly. I've combined Chip Kelly, Joe Brady, and Brian Kelly into one person. Brian Kelly 
Apparently Notre Dame is a starter job. It's a starter job that you then work your way up to the actual job of LSU. Devin, what are your thoughts on this? By the way, it's like $10 million a year for Brian Kelly. Not gonna lie, I'm a little underwhelmed. Um, look, he is, his record tells a, a different story than, uh, he is the person at the very least. He, he has some, clearly some, some things in this past that are not great. Uh, I mean, even this year, he went viral for saying uh, or using the word execution. Uh, to That to was this. so dumb when that happened. Yeah. So he I just don't know, man. LSU and, and these controversial hires, I, I tell you what. But. By I'll the way, you, replacing I, one guy that has that has a spotty record with Ogeron with another guy with a spotty record with off field shit with Brian Kelly. Not a great look. No, but I mean, I guess the really only positive takeaway from this is like he, um, he does develop offensive line and LSU hasn't, I, I think, and, and this was a crazy thing I didn't even know, but LSU apparently hasn't had an offensive line been drafted in the first round since 1997. Wait, so, what? Yeah. 1997? Yep. Seriously? They've had some good old linemen come through. Never first round material. So I think that will definitely change under Kelly. Uh, so I, I am looking forward to better trench play because that's been uh, a big issue for LSU <clears throat> over the last couple of years and a reason they've struggled on offense. So uh, he does bring that kind of dynamic, but he had no Notre Dame uh, coordinators following and when that happens, I think that kind of gives you insight on 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 the coach. I, I know it's not the same for every situation, but the fact that none of them followed him, I mean, that that's I don't know if that's a, a good sign. You know, obviously, you you got to feel happy for Notre Dame. They at least keep, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But Tommy Reese and then Marcus Freeman expected to be the head coach, so good for them. I mean, they. Keep two great young hires and, and continue. And I'm sure they'll continue to thrive, but it's a little, dis- a little bit disappointing that you just get Brian Kelly and not get one of those guys. Um, I, I, I gotta ask you this, Devin. I mean, obviously LSU pedigree type program, you know, uh, Saban had great success there. Les Miles had, you know, varying levels of success. Ogeron won a national championship. Do you think Brian Kelly can bring LSU a national championship? Yeah, but I, I don't think it's because he's going to do anything spectacular. You know, and I think LSU's talent that they recruit, <clears throat> they play pretty much toe-to-toe Alabama every year. You know, it's, it's usually not decided necessarily on the field because talent is, is very comparable, but it's just about executing scheme, you know, if they're able to – adjust on the fly so I think he can do it and I mean Ogeron wasn't a great X's and O's guy but he was a great motivator and and that made the difference from that team and I mean Les Miles you can say the same thing he's not necessarily X's and O's guy but he just knows how to win tight games so We'll see what happens Kelly has had his fair share of big games where he's flopped and 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 fair share of games where he's actually performed. So it's kind of a mixed bag with him and, and we'll see what happens. But you say he's ready for the bright lights. So we'll definitely see uh, in the fall when, you know, season comes back around and LSU's playing a night game. So we'll see what happens. Um, it came through from CBS Sports with uh, this morning at about 9 a.m. that Notre Dame has officially hired Marcus Freeman to be their head coach. Uh, I believe he's got to be one of the youngest power five head coaches in the country. Marcus Freeman, only 35 years old. Well, they said well, this might be the one of the first big name hires that has a uh, rivals profile. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, that I mean, is when you think about that, that is, that's nuts that he's that young. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm trying to think Did Cliff Kingsbury maybe have one. That's the only one. No. I- Kingsbury was uh, Kingsbury was like 2004 in the NFL. Gotcha. Whereas uh, Freeman was drafted 
went, sorry, went undrafted. No, he was drafted. 2009. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a great hire. It, I watched Freeman when he was a coordinator at Cincinnati and the growing theory was if Luke Fickle had ever left, he was going to be the head coach at Cincinnati. Got offered the DC job last year at, at Notre Dame after, uh, Clark Lee went to be, uh, head coach of Vandy. <clears throat> and sure enough, one year later, he's Notre Dame's head coach beating out guys like Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell that was, had been connected to that job. And he's keeping Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. Uh, man, the, you can't help but root for, for Notre Dame, which is a weird thing to say because, well, it's Notre Dame. Yeah, and, you know. Kind by of the way, way, by the way, Tommy Reese, twenty nine years old. They have some young dudes, man. Young dudes. Um, wasn't 29. Tommy Reese? Wasn't Tommy Reese playing for Notre Dame like a decade ago? He went undrafted in two thousand and fourteen, Devin. I graduated high school in two thousand fourteen. Same. So that's wild. But hey, uh, kudos to Notre Dame. I mean. They can finally be somewhat likable. So, yeah, Devin, I, I, I don't I, know what that means. So, like, Tommy Reese is three years older than both of us. We, we could be the coordinate office coordinator of Akron right now. Right, right. Um, <laughs> other speaking, news that came speaking out. Speaking of Akron, Joe Morris might be taking the job there. We mentioned that uh, earlier this week. I still don't know what to make of that. I know he has connections to that program. I think he started his coaching career there. But, man, I just think he can do so much better than Akron. I I, I, I genuinely mean that. Um, Kalen DeBoer, who we've followed since starting this podcast back in 2019, he was the offensive coordinator at Indiana, then went on to be the head coach at Fresno State. He's now the head coach at the University of Washington. I love this hire, man. I love this hire. They I needed am... an offensive-minded coach. That offense was atrocious last year. Oh, and by the way, it's looking like he's bringing Jalen Cropper and Jake Hayner with him. Unbelievable. I, I'm 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 a little sad. I won't get to watch either of those guys anymore because they are off to the Pac-12. But they will still be on my watch list for next year. So we'll see what happens. That. And I wouldn't rule out that Jake Kaner may just still end up taking this town to the NFL level um, since he hasn't confirmed whether or not he's going to Washington. But if he is indeed going to Washington, he's definitely going to play next year, and they're definitely going to be in contention for the Pac-12 championship. So. Yeah, absolutely love that hire. Um, Oklahoma has yet to announce their head coach. I do know, Devin, my sources can confirm that two names are out of the uh, the head coach uh, chase. One is Lincoln Riley. Uh, he is not going to be taking the Oklahoma job. And the other is myself. And I can tell you with great certainty that I am not taking the Oklahoma job for one key reason. I was not offered the Oklahoma job. That's a bummer. I was just trying to get you to laugh on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what was coming when you said only two people, you know, two people <laughs> who did not get it. But yeah, uh that one's still kind of a uh mystery. Um I think it's one of the last remaining open jobs in the power five. Yeah, uh Virginia Tech announced their uh head coach, and I can't remember offhand who it is. This is Brent Pry, the def- defensive coordinator for Penn State. All right, Devin, you covered Penn State. Tell me about tell me about him because I know absolutely nothing. Well, obviously, defensive background. Um, he is the reason Penn State has been winning games, simply because their offense has been inept. Um, <laughs> he, he does a lot of good things. He's live exotic blitzes helps develop a really good pass rusher. So Virginia Tech's getting getting a really good recruiter and a really good coach. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I would have never suspected that someone could pry away pry from uh, unintended or happy accident. <laughs> both, uh, but pin away from Penn State because Penn State makes sure that they pay their their coordinators and assistants very well. 
Um, and he's been one that I think he's been around since Franklin started at Penn State. Like he's he's like the only coach left, <clears throat> only coordinator left uh, since his uh, first season with Penn State. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see who Penn State hires because I think that's going to be a big hire for them. Uh, they got to get somebody that's uh, not only good but but uh, somewhat innovative because they have so many different athletes on that defense. Uh, so we'll see what oh, happens. Joe Moorhead is officially the head coach of Akron. It's official. Alrighty then. There yep. You uh, I I have I all of the the head coaching searches open right now. So I I am happy about that because I get to watch him design plays for Akron. I don't know if it's going to go well, but apparently they have a a receiver for Akron that landed on the first team uh, freshman All American. So, I mean, they get something to work with. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the only open jobs right now are Oklahoma, uh, what was it? Oklahoma, Duke, Fresno, Troy, Temple, and that's, oh, and Florida International. Uh, other notable, obviously, Connecticut got Jim Mora in a move I don't quite understand. Uh, Skip Holtz was out at Louisiana Tech. He's been replaced by Sonny Cumbie, who was the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, if I remember correctly. Sounds about right. Sonny Cumbie, this is great audio. Uh, yes. Yes, he was. He was the interim after Matt Wells got canned. Um, uh, yeah, Joe Moorhead's in at Akron. I didn't even realize Troy fu- uh, fired their coach, and I covered the conference, so there you go. Uh, Rhett Lashley, the Miami offensive coordinator, is in at SMU. David Cutcliffe and Duke just kind of mutually parted ways. I have no idea who Duke could realistically get. I genuinely have no clue. And, like, I didn't see a Bruce Feldman article on this, so what I was trying to figure out who on earth could possibly be. I just like tried to find an article with like 10 names. And of course, Devin, the the lead name for Duke was Jamie Chadwell. I'm sorry, guys. He's not going to Duke. Yeah. This is a a bit of a step down. (laughs) Well, well, the thing is like, I think people get confused with some of these uh, group of five coaches is, just because it's a power five does not mean it is an upgrade. And I'll leave it at that. I'm just gonna, so here, here are the ones that have, that were mentioned by 24-7 sports. So Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator, they have Marcus Freeman, but obviously that's not happening. That wasn't going to happen. Joe Rudolph, the offensive coordinator for Wisconsin. Will Healy, the head coach at Charlotte, I could see that one actually. Yeah, he's uh, been Tim, he's been overachieving for sure at that definitely. Charlotte program. Uh, Tim Banks, the defensive coordinator at Tennessee, Jamie Chadwell, that's just not going to happen. Ken Niamatololo from Navy, maybe. Mike Houston at ECU, Bill Clark of UAB, that's another one I could definitely see. He was uh actually in the mix at Auburn last year. So it's, it's not out of the, out of the realm of possibility. I just don't know. Duke is such a weird program when it comes to football. Yeah, they, they're not uh, the, the typical team. I mean, they'll have a, a good year every four or five seasons and then just kind of back to mediocrity. And it's kind of hard to recruit there. Um, I mean, Duke is known as a basketball school and, Look, it's it's been a while since they consistently strung together, uh, you know, really good seasons. Last time I really can remember them in the bowl game is when they played A and M, uh, and that was years ago. It's when yeah, Johnny Manziel hopped over a dude in, in the pocket. Yeah, they, they losing season each of the last three years, and then Devin, just a couple of draft um, uh, news updates. We've seen a couple of notable players uh, declare for the draft. Justin Ross, Matt Corral, uh, Sam uh, Williams, the edge from Mississippi, uh, Trey Turner, the wide receiver from Virginia Tech, he's declared. Um, who else? DeMarvin Leal, 
He's uh, declared for the draft. Seen a couple of guys go back. Bo Ibrahim from uh, Minnesota. DeJordan Strong from Coastal Carolina. Um, Corey Durden, the defensive tackle from NC State. And then we've seen some guys enter the transfer portal. Uh, obviously, Spencer Rattler. Dylan Gabriel from UCF. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma. Austin Stogner from Oklahoma. We mentioned Jake Hayner earlier. Jaden Blue from Temple. What do you make of all of this? It's a wild, wild uh, time in in college football right now. Stogner's I mean, the surprising one for me. I thought he would just declare. Yeah, I mean, I thought Hayner would declare. I thought Stogner would would declare. I mean, it, it's 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 getting a little bit weird, man. Uh, there there are a lot of good players in the transfer transfer portal. I think almost over a thousand are in the transfer portal currently. So. It's getting even more wild than a pandemic. I remember everyone was hitting to hit the transfer portal after they found out they weren't going to have a season. So it, it's, it's interesting for sure. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of teams are going to get really good players. So, uh, I'm very excited to see, especially moving from FCS. I think there's going to be uh, a handful of players just like last year that move up from the FCS to the FBS and, um, you know, make, make things interesting. So we'll see what happens, but it's, it's going to be a busy uh, next few months in terms of uh, team, uh, players going to uh, different teams, players declaring, uh, you know, coaches. It's probably going to be a few more coaches that leave, uh, even from, you know, some Power 5 programs, you know, some coordinators. And once the bowl game and everything gets settled, uh, we'll see uh, if there's any more movement. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time for sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, I don't know about you, Devin. I think we've covered just about everything in terms of the college football news. So we'll, I think it's the perfect time for us to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about these, these conference championship games, man. It's sad. We're already at conference championship week. Like I, I had to write about the, the NFL week 13 and I wasn't happy about that not because the season's almost over but because there's still another five weeks but I want more college football join us at the other end of this break and we're going to break down some college football like our friends over at Built Bar Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet for whatever your needs are with nine amazing flavors to choose from all of which covered in 100% chocolate oh by the way guys they have several monthly special offer bars as well all of which have up to 19 grams of protein with only 4 grams of added sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has whatever you're looking for, whether you're looking for a delicious snack, a pre- or post-workout bar, or need to keep up with your macros, Built Bar is a top-of-the-first-round protein bar. See what I did there? Draft puns. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BIGSHOTS for 10% off your next order. That's BIGSHOTS, all one word, 10% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are back. We only got eight games to break down. We knew this was going to be a shorter uh, podcast. Let's jump right into it. So tonight, when you're listening to this, Friday night, ABC, 8 o'clock, we have... Number 10, Oregon, on the road. Ten, well, actually, both teams are on the road. I didn't realize that they're playing this this one at Allegiant Stadium. Shut up, Devin. Shut up. Devin's laughing at me. I'm so used to doing it one particular way that I forgot to read that these aren't actually, like, home and away games. Anyways, they're, both, they're playing this in the home of the Raiders. This is the best football game the state of Nevada has seen all year. Number 10, Oregon. Number 17, Utah. Utah favored by two and a half. A rematch of when Utah just spanked Oregon earlier this year. Devin, where are you going with this one? I'm going to go Oregon, man. It's hard to beat the same team twice in one season. And... Oregon got completely uh, shellacked in, in pretty much their college football playoff hopes went out the window, but they can still make the Rose Bowl. So I, I got Oregon winning and, and, and clinching the Rose Bowl berth. This one's really tough. I've gone back and forth on this one. Uh, I mean, God, we're going to see two first-rounders on defense in this game because we got, we got Kayvon Thibodeau, I would say a top three pick guaranteed in this year's draft, we have Devin Lloyd, who has a chance to be uh, Utah's first ever linebacker drafted in round one. And I'll tell you, 
the last time these two teams played, I think it was Travis Dye, he got absolutely walloped by Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd hit you so hard, you change your eye color. Um, but I'm agree with you on this one. It's hard to beat the same team twice in a college football season. I'm, I'm going to take Oregon. Uh, I don't feel overly confident about this one, though. This is probably the, the, the conference championship game I feel the least confident about. Yeah, it's the second matchup in three weeks between the two teams. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. So now, Devin, I, can I propose something? What's Rather that? than doing just the top 25 conference championships, why don't we do all of them? I am very much a fan of that, yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. At the Alamo Dome tonight, we have what Friday night. Sorry. Uh, Friday night. So when you were listening to this, you turn this one at 7 o'clock. Western Kentucky, they're 8-4 and four on the year. Facing UTSA, this one actually is a road game because UTSA is hosting it. Western Kentucky's favored by three, over-under of 72.5. It's going to be some high scoring in this game, I mean. Ain't going to be a lick of defense. Not at all. By the way, Um, Bailey Zappi, the one to watch out for here. Dude almost has 5,000 passing yards. Yeah, he's insane. He is insane. Um, It it should be a a really tight matchup between two really good teams. I'm going to take UTSA. I just think that home field advantage is going to put him over the top. But I think Zappi has a really great day and, and maybe even a career day. And I think um, he's going to continue to gain fans in the draft community uh, with his play. So I'm going to take UTSA to win, but I think Zappi still has a big performance. Devin, I'm going to take Western Kentucky on this one. I don't know if UTSA has what it takes to, to put up, uh, uh, you know, and keep up points wise with the Hilltoppers to think that they're going to be able to put up like 45, maybe even 50 points. And I don't know if UTSA can do that. So I'm going to take the Hilltoppers in this one. I'm still not entirely sure what the hell a Hilltopper is, but I'm going to take the Hilltoppers. It's, it's something. I don't know what it <laughs> moving is. Moving on, <laughs> moving on to Saturday's games. Oh man. This is a noon kickoff. Number nine, Baylor, number five, Oklahoma state. At Cowboys Stadium, OK State favored by five and a half, over under of 46 and a half. This has huge college football playoff implications. It does. Um, I would say if Oklahoma State wins, they're in. You could definitely make the argument. Um, I mean, one of Georgia and Bama's losing, so. True, but if Georgia loses, they're still in the playoff. Even if they lose. <laughs> Um, Touche. I'm pick Oklahoma State to win. I, th- I think this is also another game. That's the second matchup between the two teams. Yep. Um, it's going to be hard for Oklahoma State to beat Baylor again, but I, I just don't trust Baylor's offense enough to, to win I, the game. That's the thing. The, the over under being 46 and a half. I would, I, I, I'd be shocked if it hits, if it hits 40 points, man. These offenses are not good. Uh, Abram Smith is probably the best player on, you know, on offense in this game. And if Oklahoma State can take the running game away, then, then it's going to be a Cowboys victory. That being said, Baylor can easily take away the offense for Oklahoma State. They have the dudes to do it. Spencer Sanders has struggled. Jalen Warren has cooled off a bit. Um, this one's tough, man. I'm going to go Baylor. I think that the the X factor when these two teams uh, played the first time was that Terrell Bernard was out with a knee injury. He is back. He's playing his best football. Dylan Doyle, the other linebacker for uh, Baylor, has also really caught fire since Terrell Bernard went out at you know uh, early on in the season. And man, I'll tell you, that's a one-two punch at linebacker that that's hard to top. I'm going to go Baylor. I think that this one could end up being like a 20 to 14 type game, but I just feel like if I'm, if I'm leaning for one of these teams to get a crucial stop late, I think I trust Baylor's defense more than I trust Oklahoma State's. And I think I trust Baylor's offense just a little bit more than I trust Oklahoma State's, which would take the Big 12 just out of the college football playoff. It's not happening if, if, uh, if, if Baylor wins. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they lose, uh, Oracle and State loses. I mean, it they're done. And Baylor is too far gone, I think, at this point to uh, realistically win. But yeah, I mean, it it's, it should be a good game. It should be a, a defensive battle and, and see a, a lot of great prospects that could be potentially drafted over the next couple of years. Devin, uh, this one's at Ford Field. This might be the best game Ford Field has seen all year. We have Kent State uh, on the road uh, in championship face Northern Illinois. Kent State is favored by three and a half over under 74 and a half. This is your conference. I'm going to let you take the lead. Yeah, so uh, obviously everyone knows who Dustin Crum is. That's that's the big name to watch for Kent State. Uh, and uh, there's, there's a few other players as well. Uh, again, uh, DB Elvis Hines, who I think is probably going to be a nickel at the next level, but I uh, don't think he gets drafted. Um, really, if, if the draftable guys is really a handful, but got Rocky Lombardi against uh, Dustin Crum. Uh, not not exactly who I thought was going to be in the MAC championship at the beginning of the year. But who did you, who did you think would be in the MAC championship at the beginning of the year? Western Michigan and uh, either I, I don't even know. I, I need to get better on, on who's in who what conference. But but if I had to guess, probably um, Western Michigan versus um, Kent State would would have been my guess at least. So. Kent State uh, has an explosive offense. Uh, defense is all right. Northern Illinois, man, they're going to run the ball like 40, 50 times in this game. That's all they do. They just run the football. But I, I'm picking Northern Illinois to win. I think they have done exactly what they needed to do uh, to to get to this point. And then they, they beat Georgia Tech this year. They won the MAC West Championship or Mount Mac West division on a game winning touchdown run. It just seems like they're that team in the Mac this year that everything is going their way. So I'm, I'm picking Northern Illinois. Uh, but, but there's, like I say, you watch Dustin Crum in this game. Uh, and then uh, for me, the, there's a, a Kyle Uzcheck type of player in Clint Rakovich, uh, on Northern Illinois. I uh, use a Western Illinois transfer. Um, but he, he, he's probably the one to watch. Uh, with potential draft stock in this game. I'm going to go Northern Illinois as well. I think that you're going to have to hate watch uh, another Rocky Lombardi 400-yard performance. Uh, (laughs) That's the only reason I'm picking Northern Illinois, because I know how much you love watching Rocky Lombardi. I'll tell you what, he's played better than than, than I thought he would. This is his level. This is his level. Yeah, he he fits in with the chaos. He, he is the perfect Mac quarterback. He makes no sense. <laughs> Moving from uh, one conference of yours to a, the other conference of yours on Fox at three uh, three o'clock, you can find Utah State and San Diego State in the Mountain West uh, Conference Championship. Is this what taking place at the Chargers Stadium or the Chargers old stadium? Is it? The one in Carson. It's the soccer stadium they played in. Oh wow! I didn't. I did not know that. There you go. Come full circle. Um. Jeez. You want to pick this one first? I'll pick this one first. Um. From what I've watched of San Diego State, I hate their offense. I genuinely hate their offense. It's saddening, Devin. Um. But their defense is just so good that they've been able to shut down everyone they've faced. Who was San Diego State's loss team this year? Fresno. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm, I, I, I can't pick against San Diego State because of that defense. Yeah, so this one's a tough one for me uh, because I have uh, one of my favorite players in this class, uh, Cameron Thomas for San Diego State. Uh, when you listen to this, I actually have a piece releasing on him. Uh, but he is a very, very talented defensive lineman. And, uh, you know, people have called him, uh, the Mountain West version of Aiden Hutchinson. So if you like Aiden Hutchinson, you're probably going to like Cameron Thomas. But for me, it's tough because I like Utah State's team. 
like um Blake Anderson has come in and and won immediately already in year one on in year in Utah with Utah State. And uh Devin Tompkins is is another favorite of mine, a small receiver but speedy. Um it, it's it's a tough one. I, I think I'm picking San Diego State to win. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think Utah State is going to come ready to play, and they're going to get some explosive plays on San Diego State's defense. But third and fourth quarter, that's when San Diego State really uh, takes control of, of games with their defense, and I think they'll cause a few turnovers and and end up winning the game. Moving on to my other conference championship game. It's the Sun Belt. We got 10 and 2 App State. Uh, this one's just being played at Louisiana Lafayette, who hosts it. They're 24th in the nation. App State favored on the road by three over under a 53. Picking Louisiana. I'm picking um, Louisiana as well. By the way, this is a matchup of really bad quarterbacks. Really bad quarterbacks. You have Chase Bryce and Levi Lewis. And I, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't know where the, the Kyler Murray comps for Levi Lewis came from, but if I could return them to sender, that would be great because they're not, he's not good. He's straight up not good. Uh, I think it comes from the fact that he's like five, seven and like 185 pounds, but he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have the pocket awareness that, that Kyler has. I mean, Balls that that come from Levi Lewis die at twenty yards. Yeah, I will say he looked like a lot uh, looked a lot different in twenty nineteen uh, after twenty nineteen season. Yeah, we're we're banking on, on on him going. I mean, let's put it this way, man. He's going to the Hula Bowl, not the Senior Bowl, not the Shrine Game, not the NFLPA Showcase, the Hula Bowl. Yeah. Nothing against the Hula Bowl, but I couldn't name you the last guy that they had that got drafted. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's tough. As for Chase Bryce, I mean, more of the same from when he was at Duke last year. He's not that, he's not very accurate. He's not very mobile. Placements off. I mean, this is a run, th- these two teams are predicated on the run. Um, I'm going to pick App State in this one because I know that Louisiana is going to be breaking in some new wrinkles now that Billy Napier's not there. I just, I got a gut feeling on this one. I think App State beat Louisiana earlier in the year, uh, but, and I know we've talked about it. It's hard to do it twice. I think they're going to be able to do it. I'm picking Louisiana. Um, I think... And if I'm not mistaken, I think Billy Napier is coaching. Oh, sorry, they lost to Louisiana earlier in the year. Yeah, and I think Billy Napier is coaching this game before he leaves for Florida. Uh, And I think they'll have kind of that emotional, um, you know, kind of charged up energy and and come out and and dominate at the stage. So I think uh, UL is going to win in big fashion. They win by double digits. And, And I think they send off Billy Napier. Uh, with a Sun Belt championship and uh, send him right off to his next job at Florida. Devin, this one is a this one is guaranteed the winner of spot in the college football playoff. It's the SEC, of course. It's the SEC. Number one, Georgia. Number three, Alabama. Mercedes Benz Stadium. It's essentially a home game for Georgia. Georgia favored by six and a half. Over under forty nine and a half. By the way, you can get into this one for as little as $405, Devin. You can get into the, into the Mountain West Championship for as little as 16 bucks. You can get into the MAC Championship for $4. I want to go to the MAC Championship. For 4 bucks, man. That's less than a Starbucks. One of these years, I'm going to go to one of these championship games and, and live scout it. Just because. Just why not? Uh, I, I doubt it's going to be the SEC Championship game, though. I honestly, I don't want to be down there. <laughs> I got some toxic energy in, in that crowd between Georgia and Alabama fans. But anyway, it's it's out. It's also Atlanta, and I know your feelings on Atlanta. Yeah, but anyway, um, I'm gonna pick Georgia to win this game. I just think they're just a better team, you know. And and I I really don't. I'm, I'm not factoring in you know Stetson Bennett Bennett playing because I think I don't think he's gonna play the greatest. 
but Georgia's defense is a problem. And if Alabama has having issues with Auburn's defense, it's going to be a rude awakening. They will have Jamison Williams, though. I'm, I'm very looking forward to Darian Kendrick uh, going up against Jamison Williams and John Mechie. I think it's going to be everything for his his stock in, in terms of how high he goes because he's going to go high. Um, and then, obviously, the interior interior battle between Alabama's interior linemen and, and Deontay White and Jordan Davis. <sighs> And then, of course, uh, you got Will Anderson going up against Georgia. So, I mean, it's a lot of great matchups in this Yeah, game. Nolan Smith going up against Evan Neal. We could go on We could go on forever. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of matchups. A lot of future NFL players are going to be on the field. Um, but I think Georgia ultimately prevails. I think their defense is just too good, uh, and they're going to get a few turnovers in this game. This is one of the best college football teams I've, I've seen in the last five years. Uh, this might be the best football team I've seen in the last five years. Georgia's absolutely loaded. And uh, don't think Alabama's going to have what it takes to to stop them. Listen, the, the over-under on this game is 49-and-a-half. Don't think that that comes close to being hit. I think this might be a 17-to-16-type to, to game. I genuinely don't think either of these teams breaks 20 points. But Georgia's proven that they don't need to uh, – to score 30 points in order to win. They can just, they can beat you scoring 17. They did it to Clemson. I think they have a chance at maybe winning this one. I think max points for either team is like 24. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Georgia wins this one 24 to 16. Yeah. I'm, Which I'm if saying... I, if, 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 if my memory serves me correct, uh, they'll have gone the entire season without letting anyone score more than 17 points. Which would be crazy. In in today's college football landscape, being able to say that is nuts. Um, but yeah, this is this is e- this is easily game of the week. Uh, if if you're not watching this game at four o'clock, I want to know what's wrong with you. Like, listen, I'm I, I'm the Sun Belt guy, but I'm going to be tuned into the SEC game. That there's no debate in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be a good one. I I feel really bad for the American Athletic Conference because their game is also at four o'clock. Uh, it's on ABC. It's number 21, Houston, facing uh, number four, Cincinnati. Since he needs this in order to have any hope of making it to the college football playoff. Yeah, um, they have to win, and they have to win convincingly. They probably have to win big. Yeah, they got to win convincingly, and, and it's not an ideal situation to be in. Legitimately, legitimately, they need Alabama to, to lose. Well, they need Alabama to lose. They might need Oklahoma State to lose to to make sure. Yeah, I I'm, I will be worried for them because if Oklahoma State wins and they win big, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be you're gonna be hearing a lot of chatter about. Uh, are you sure you want to leave them out? You know, like basically the the one thing they need to make sure is is that Alabama wins. If if Bama wins, Oklahoma State wins. Then Bama and Georgia make it. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Big Ten. They they need to feel confident. They need Iowa and uh, and Georgia Georgia to win. But I think that they do win. I think that that since he wins this one, I think they're going to take it by two scores. Yeah, I, I think since he's going to win, man. Um... I've heard a lot of chatter over the course of the week that people think Houston is going to win. I just feel confident Cincinnati is that team that they know what they have to do. Last couple of weeks, you haven't heard a hiccup from them, you know, because they, they understand what they need to do. And and surprisingly, Desmond Ritter has played very well of late. You know, he's he's obviously still the same player, still a little bit inaccurate over the middle and, uh, outside the numbers, but uh, he's playing very, very well as of late, and, and he's going to need to play another really good game. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, Cincy defense, uh, defensive secondary, handles uh, Houston's uh, up kind of uh, fast pace, uh, you know, vertical shot passing game. And I think this is going to be a perfect time for Sauce Gardner to get a pick. Man. Just give me more sauce, Gardner. Just give it to me. 
Yeah. Eight o'clock. Oh, why is this the primetime one? Just throw the SEC one into primetime, man. No one wants to. Wa- this is going to be a waste of Gus Johnson. Michigan versus Iowa. Number two, Michigan. Number 13, Iowa. Lucas Oil Stadium. Michigan favored by 11 over under 43 and a half. They put this game last so you can put people to sleep. That's what's going to happen. I mean, you're about to get over or under 50, uh, 60 total runs between between both teams. Under. I'm under. taking the over. I'm taking the over on 60 runs. Oh, 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 60 runs. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said points. I was going to say oh, like. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Between, between Hassan Haskins and, and Tyler Goodson, they're each going to hit 25 carries easy. Yeah. So, uh, this is going to be a low score. By the way, you can get into this one, Devin, for $268. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it, Michigan fans, you got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cause it's all you, bro. Game. It's all you, bro. They're, they're going to win the game. I was, yeah. is not a good offensive team. Uh, we got Michigan making the college football playoff, Devin. I can't believe I'm saying that sentence. Did not think it was possible. If I, if I told you a month ago that Michigan's only loss would be Michigan State, I would have told you you're lying <laughs> at, at the very least. But they survived the regular season schedule. Now they get rewarded with Iowa. And the last two time these two teams met, it was a 10-3 to final. So... It's with Shea Patterson and Nate Stanley at quarterback with the uh, battle of the century in the Big Ten. I'm going to go uh, Michigan in this one, clinching their spot in, in in the college football playoff, making Cincy sweat just a little bit more. Um, but now, like, sorry, Iowa, your offense literally makes me want to fall asleep. So... Michigan at least has a has a good defense. I get to watch David Ojabo. I get to watch Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, that wins. By the way, I'm also a big fan of their of their defensive lineman Chris Hinton. I think he's a, a solid player to watch for the draft as well. In a honestly pretty pathetically weak defensive lineman class. Yeah. And then Devin, we got our last one because I'm looking at it uh, uh, as just all of the FBS games. Uh, I forgot that Cal and USC have their makeup game, but that's that no one is watching that game. I'm a Cal fan, and I'm not watching that game, Devin. It kicks off Hold at on. 11 o'clock. I'm I think, going to sleep. I think we also skipped the ACC championship. That was going to be the next one. I literally haven't gotten to that. You interrupted me to tell me to, that I hadn't interrupted, hadn't uh, introduced the game. I was introducing. God. Ah. Number 15, Pitt. Number 16, Wake Forest. Bank of America Stadium. I don't really care. Holy crap. The over-under on this game is 71 and a half. Pitt favored by three. There are no college football playoff stakes at, uh, at risk in this one. Both teams 10 and 2, 7 and 1 in the ACC. Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman, Devin, where are you leaning? I'm leaning Pitt, man. Um, Wake Forest, to me, in their biggest games this year, they have not looked good. Um, and... Outside of the NC State game, really, and, and I thought NC State should have won that game. I I just think Wake Forest they're not there yet as a program. But we we get an interesting quarterback battle. Can he pick it against Sam Hartman? Uh, two players who uh, could very well be drafted in in, in April. Uh, obviously, Pickett is going to be the higher drafted quarterback uh, of this matchup. Don't buy the talk that he's going to be early in the first round because I don't think that's going to happen. But crazier things have happened in the NFL draft. But I think Pitt's going to win. Uh, I think that this is their year uh, to to win it all. Well, not win it all in terms of national championship, but win the ACC championship. I, I know what you mean. I'm pretty. If if someone thought you meant win the national championship, I, I don't know where they've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, but yeah, I got Pitt winning. I think I think though. Win a shootout, like 45, 42 type of game, um, and, and win the championship. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pitt as well. Uh, I just have a little bit more faith in them. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, man, if you had told me the ACC championship game was going to, was going to be Pitt and Wake Forest at the, uh, beginning of the season, I would have, 
I, I would have needed to have some follow-up questions for you. But, I mean, the ACC was was down this year. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, expect all of the points, but I'm, I'm going to go with Pitt in this one. For sure. Devin, is there anything you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Uh, just just plug a few things, really. Um, I've got my article on Malik Willis, whether or not he can uh, improve his uh, in-structure things and, and inconsistencies uh, that he displays at quarterback. That's a rising draft. Uh, rising draft, right? Dot com. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know why. I don't know why it's my brain farted on that. But uh, company that be, man Devin Jackson. That can be found there, and then my uh, feature piece before San Diego State Utah State play on Cameron Thomas, defensive lineman of San Diego State, uh, is also available on RiseandDraft.com as well. Uh, so good to read. Um, and and then uh, going to start final report soon. So uh, looking forward to doing that. Yeah, um, for me. I had my uh, article up on Wednesday at bluechipscouting.com where I broke down as many of these stock up and stock down guys for each team in uh, the Sun Belt as I could, which is a difficult task when you're giving it, you know, for a conference like the Sun Belt, when on average six or seven guys get drafted from the, from the conference as a whole each year. Uh, so Trying to do one for 12 teams was uh, was interesting. Uh, but Thursday, I had my usual uh, NFL predictions that you can find on Blue Chip Scouting. And today, as you're listening to this, you can go on bluechipscouting.com and you can check out the st- uh, final stock report for each of the Big 12 teams. And yeah, like you said, we're going to be starting, uh, fi- uh, you know, getting those final reports done. They're not going to be up on the site just yet. Uh, because we got big things planned at Blue Chip Scouting this year. You're going to have to keep it locked on Blue Chip Scouting. You're going to have to keep it locked for this podcast, too. Until next time, guys, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Blue uh, Big Shots Pod. Follow our work over at Blue Chip Scouting. Like I said, follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue, uh, Blue Chip Scout. Follow Devin's work at riseanddrafts.com. Follow Rise and Draft at R&D Scouting. And we will see you guys on Tuesday.